We are we, because we are Squawking Dead, a podcast polarizing episodes of the Walking Dead universe. Sometimes we give you news, sometimes we make you laugh, but most times we go deep. And today we're here to discuss the 23rd, the penultimate episode of the Walking Dead's 11th and final season titled Family. Hi, family. I'm happy to see all of you. Let's just flip it all around. Let's flip our pain around and talk about how much I love you guys. Let's flip it. Family. It's not working, is it? <laughs> I'm your host, David Cameo, and I'm joined by Cosmom09, Rachel Burt, Sharon D, aka Blazy Gardner, and Bridget. KO-FI.com slash Punky Brewster. That's P-U-N-K-Y-B-R-U-A-S-E-T-E-R. We have a lot to talk about, don't we, today? And we're going to start with first impressions after we tell you that the merch store has a sale. It's actually a little different this time around. It's not $14 t-shirts and up to 35% off. It's up to 35% off everything in the store. But pay close attention to the hoodies because that 35% off goes a little extra for the, for the hoodies. So in case you're interested, head over to squawkingdead.com, click the menu in the top left and tap merch and away you go. Oh, and hey, if you like coffee, try Phineas coffee. Are you like me in the morning? Half dead. Phineas coffee will give you that boost to get you up and keep going. That would have meaning, right? Dave and his wife enjoy the champion and Majora blends with beans from South America. And if you're a real freak like Cosmo Mom 09, Rachel B. No way! You'll enjoy the double XL high calf blend with beans from Tanzania and India. Go to PhineasCoffee.com and use the promo code SQUAWKINGDEAD to get 10% off your next purchase. Pardon me, young man. Excuse the shit out of my goddamn French. And now back to Squawking Dead. Oh, I just want to let everybody know I have a new car. Hey. The Squawking Dead mobile has been purchased. I got a Kia Nero plug-in hybrid. So I've been like driving like a kit night rider. It's like... Does it talk to you too? Sounds like an airplane. It, it's kind of, it's really, I can't wait to show you the guys this thing. It's kind of cool. Does it come with David Hasselhoff? I wish. <laughs> oh my God. It comes with a free cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> okay, simple answer. Do you think this is a good episode? Yes. 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 It's a great episode. Okay, I think so too. All right, let's end the show here. This is about as <laughs> good as it's going to get. That was great. Good job, guys. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Said. If you like what you heard. <laughs> I'm George Bush on the tarmac. It's like <laughs> the flight suit. <laughs> Speaking of flight suits, new logo design t shirt. Did you see this? The Nostalgia Opener with Judith features our signature weapons that we've collected over the years from various characters. I like seeing them pick up the weapon and then show the person using the weapon. But the first thing I thought was, Judith, you need to loosen the belt on that little katana because it just looks very like you're restricting, like you're restricting yourself. So, That's not a like, good idea. She like, why didn't they just like go cut, cut? Somebody get this girl. Just loosen that belt. It had a little belt on it. I know. It's actually a thing, and it's called a wakizashi. Also, when Judith gave RJ the sheriff's hat, my heart just stopped right there because I was like, oh, something terrible is going to happen to Judith. Ah. It's very and, funny that you say that because I felt the same way. And then 
a few minutes later after after the mon monologue, but she was like, I'm going with you to Daryl and Carol. And I was like, oh, <laughs> this is not going to end well for Judith at all. Mm. Well, especially because, you know, everybody's seen the episode. She gets shot at the end and mm -hmm. Daryl's carrying her much in the way. And I don't know if you saw that. We can link this now. It's fine. Did that kind of evoke the whole... Wasn't it Daryl that was carrying Call Beth. back to... What? No, Rick. Rick oh, I wasn't Rick thinking ran. of that. I was thinking that's Rick running through the woods with Carl. Rick, yeah, Rick ran right after he got shot, right through the mm -hmm. deer, whatever. After Otis right. shot him. But you know, you brought up uh, Rachel. You brought up Daryl and Beth. So it was a kind of yeah. like a, a hybrid there, a little bit. Except Ugh. Beth didn't make it. Mm -hmm. Beth didn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> Beth, everybody, Beth is dead. Canon. <laughs> Canon. So, She's not sorry, a, Donnie. I love you. Sorry, Donnie. Yeah. Or Sylvie's kisses you. or whatever. <laughs> We're calling you today. Pigeon. Pigeon. What was it? She pigeon. Was it? Pigeon. She no, was, pigeon was. That was, was a long time ago. She's Donnie now. Yeah. But there's so many. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <clears throat> Should I have I muted? Do, I'm sorry. I have to. I had to do that too. Actually, I, let's ask the simple question. We'll go into why or why not. But do you think Judith might not make it? I think she's gonna die. I think she will survive. I think she's gonna die because can you think of a bigger gut punch at the end of the show than having Judith go out? It would subvert everybody's expectations because nobody would expect it. And that's the only way I can see Daryl leaving her behind. That's kind of what I was thinking. The moment he said, I'm going to tell you all the stories I can remember about the people who love you. I was like, well, if you're going to France, you obviously <laughs> didn't do that. We don't know how far in the future he goes to France. I was thinking the same thing, but then also like, okay, one, if one follows, maybe, maybe not. He could be taken away too. It could be out of his control. That's true too. Maybe it's, maybe he doesn't go there voluntarily. Right. Daryl finds himself in France somehow. Mm -hmm. CRM I think Judith anyone? is going to be fine. Mostly because she was shot in the shoulder. Actually, and, I don't know where she was shot. why would she die? Do you know where she was shot? I didn't get it clear. I mean, when I watched it again, the motion she made was this. Huh, uh. So I, to me, I saw a shoulder shot. For the well, audio listeners. Huh, uh. Rachel. <laughs> was that Rachel not descriptive made, enough? <laughs> Rachel made a motion that a bullet went through her shoulder and she kind of flipped backwards on her bed. Yeah. And then I and then it looked left bloody. Shoulder. It looked bloody, uh, like in that area too. So that's right. also why I was thinking shoulder. Yeah, fair enough. She could die from blood loss. I mean, she 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 could get bit. They're Bleeding out. Right. Yeah, I was thinking. I was right, thinking right, that too. too. Just because just because they got down the alley, that doesn't mean she's gonna get off scot free. Kind of makes what I said about Carol last week pale in comparison. My opinion, but if you had to stack the two, which would be more okay? We're getting a hierarchy of values here. <laughs> I mean, show. do you want to get canceled or? <laughs> no, you should be honest, though. Okay, let's put it to the audience who's probably watching or listening to this now. It wouldn't be the first kid that's died before Carol, would it, Rachel? Nope. I'm just glad Carol's not the one carrying Judith. Otherwise, I'd be really worried about her. <laughs> <Yikes>. <laughs> but which which would be more tragic, though, in your opinion? I mean, uh, for Judith, me or for yeah, the show? For you, cause well, for you, you're the one who's watching it. That's all I care about. My opinion's not going to be the popular one. Carol will be more tragic. Absolutely. According 100%, to you. 100%. I could survive. I mean, it would be a bummer <laughs> if Judith died. I'd be like, oh, so sad. But I would be devastated 
inconsolable if Carol died. All right. <laughs> Bridget, what do you think? <laughs> You're kind of in the middle strata here because you are a Carol stan. If you look at it from like the perspective of like if you ask Carol what she would think about it, she would of course choose for Judith to live over her because that's in her personality. Judith is young and it's so hard to see the kids die before the adult. I'm going to start crying. Damn it, Dave. It's so hard to see the kids die before the adults because they're the future. They're what they're doing all of this for. Daryl went to the Commonwealth and then stayed there for Judith to keep her safe. And now look at what's happened. And you know he's going to go through his self-deprecating, blaming himself. It's all his fault because he let her come along and he shouldn't have. And it's going to be a whole thing. And it's, I don't know, it's just super sad. I, I am just... I'm just praying that everything is okay. There's going to be a death. I know there is. I hate that about this show, but I also understand because there has to be something super heavy emotionally for us to maintain investment. If everyone's going to be okay all of the time, the show isn't, it's not the show and it's not exciting and it's not worth watching because you just know that everybody's going to be okay. And so that's like looming over my head for this last episode. I know. I mean, I'm going to cry in public because we're going to be in public and coming to Georgia for the viewing party. And I know that I'm going to cry because it's going to be saying goodbye to something that was a part of my life for a really long time and got me through so much bad stuff in my life. I also know that someone's going to end up dying and I am going to be like wrecked in front of 230 people. I don't know. (laughs) And then you guys. And then you idiots. (laughs) Whom I don't mind. Would it make it easier for you if, say, just Judith died, but everybody else lived? It's a great question, actually. (laughs) I don't don't think it would, actually. For me, it would suck tremendously. Obviously, for story, that's one thing. But for me personally, I I might be okay with that. I would be, I would hate it, but I might be better. But for the story, I think it would suck so much. I think, yeah, I think it would be really hard because we already lost Carl. And that was a really hard death to get through. But we've gotten so many mentions of him in this season and especially these last couple episodes. And that's been so nice to know that his legacy lives on, like through his family. I would prefer it be somebody else, even if it's someone that I absolutely adore. I mean, you guys know I was like I was prepping myself for this Daryl spinoff to be fake. You guys know that I've been prepping myself for months thinking he's going to do something at the end to sacrifice himself and that. And that's going to be it. His character is going to be gone. Well, you saying that was half the reason why I concocted the Carol's one who dies at the end theory. It opened the door to that possibility in my mind. And then I was like, oh, wouldn't that be something? Sharon, I'm actually curious what you think. I think it would be poetic, kind of, just because of the Grimes history. If Judith was the one that died and everybody else lived. But I would be really upset about it. (laughs) That's what I mean. Uh, Well, actually, the opposite for me. I would be upset that she died. But for everyone else to live and one person die, that's quite the trade-off. And there's other children involved, too. Gracie and RJ and Nabila's kids. There's all the other children that are involved, too. Herschel. I would be upset if she died and everybody else lived. But if she dies and, like, several other people die, I'll be really upset. And if Dog dies, they're in trouble. See, your reaction to, like... (laughs) Judith dying in, uh, to spare Carol is a lot like me and Dog. It's like, I would, it would be a bummer if Dog died. It would be. What if Do you remember, you remember me a resolution? Oh, yeah, dog, well, what does that dog, What if we like? just don't see Dog again? Oh, I don't care. That wouldn't, that would make me very upset. And where is he? Is he, does he go to France with Daryl? 
Good question, actually. I think that's a good question. I'm going to call it right now that Dog is going to sacrifice himself to save Daryl at some point in this in the finale. See, that would be good writing, I think. Daryl or even Judith or something. Maybe Negan. That would be something. The way Gilligan did for Joe. Right, right. Oh, and Tales of the Walking Dead. And that was pretty sad. I didn't get really terribly attached to Gilligan, but it was still pretty sad. It really kind of, it got me a little. The incontinence, though, that, that for some reason got me a lot. It's like, oh, that's so sad. Oh, that's his friend. He's getting old. He's an old yeah. man. As someone who has two seniors, I totally understand where he was going. Mm. See that? That's where I can get attached. The bean cans on top of Rufus's grill. That got me. You, did you see me cry? I, <laughs> yes. Wow. That re- I don't know why that got me so much. That was just like, it was the man's attachment to his dog. Yeah, that's I was going to say, because we all know you hate dogs. So, I, And that's like a lot. Well, that's that's a lot of the reason why I liked, I liked Daryl at first was like, oh, more like he was the way other people were. <laughs> Daryl's a dog, essentially. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Every, the way everybody else regarded him. Like like when he would have a scene with Rick and he would say something and Rick would react to it. And like, good dog. <laughs> well, I mean, Daryl is loyal okay. and kind of hairy. And, uh, <laughs> He's a blonde there. beard. Blonde beard. Great pubes. He doesn't. He doesn't talk <laughs> a lot. Hair. You know, it's like he's like grunts and barks. So I mean, I think <laughs> he probably is a dog. Well, on a serious note, actually, I was actually thinking about this after our premiere the other night, and I was thinking of like what would a Daryl Dixon spinoff look like with him at the helm, like you know, in as like the star actor, classically with like very li- not very little lines, but enough. Not enough lines to actually make it be like, well, how long is his, how long is his script, right? I know it has everybody else's dialogue, but if you whittled it down, he had, he would have like four or five lines every episode. But what does it look like to have a Daryl Dixon spinoff where it's just him and he's gonna have to say words and things? Daryl was very vocal and I don't know if I'd say eloquent, but he did use words in the first couple of seasons. A lot of yelling too. As the series has progressed, he has like regressed. He went through a lot of suffering and a lot of blaming himself for a lot of deaths. He blames himself for Beth dying and he blames himself for Glenn. And I think he really regressed into himself as a character. Hmm. He has a a lot of regrets and I think he's really angry at himself a lot of the time. And we've seen that come to light like a lot in this season. Of course, we don't have the context of the spinoff. But then again, I don't know what a series would look like with Daryl just at the forefront of our attention, trying to capture our attention. I mean, is it going to be like a French film where it's like, it's all in the motion <laughs> and the silence? I think there'll be a Which lot I of supporting mind. cast. Quick. That's what I imagine. <laughs> fill up the credits with other people. I don't mean people. like fill up the credits, but he's going to be in a country he's not familiar with and he's not going to know why he's there. Based on what they said at New York Comic Con, it made it seem like he ends up there, but he doesn't know how he got there and he doesn't know why he's there. Instead of doing exhibitionism, <laughs> Expositionism? <laughs> Wouldn't of a- you like that? What a spinoff indeed. He spun off all his clothes. No. This is turning into a whole. No, no, I'm no, no. Guess, so it's in France, we're right? Not talking about, we're not They're talking about They're a little loosey with I the goosey. I can't talk about this right now. Okay. I can't talk about this right now. Okay, Nudity. So I think that there will have to be a lot of exploratory aspects to the show where he's meeting people and trying to figure out why and how he's here and probably interrogations. That's what I would guess it would be. Right. But it's, it's isn't it hard to sort of imagine though, for real, 
Like when you actually put pen to paper, it's kind of like, oh, wait, yeah, what would this look like? Yeah, it's like if it's just Daryl, like, what do you... Yeah. But that's like if it's just anyone. It takes like a certain kind of character to be able to like talk to yourself aloud as you're like walking through the woods. You know what I mean? Which that's is like why he'd have dog with him. He had dog with him. Dog could walk and talk to him. That's true. And talk to him. Well, yes. he could talk to dog. I'm sorry. Dogs talk to you. You just have to read the language. Oh, walks off frame. Anyway, so <laughs> the, the no, non dog person. <laughs> no, I actually, I actually agree with you, Bridget. Yes. What would it look like if it was just him? Yeah, everybody would have that problem. But a Daryl would especially have that problem, is what I'm saying. Not to like dwell on this. When I really think about it, what is that going to look like? How many lines is he going to get? We're not used to this, is what I'm saying. He's always been around a bunch of people to bounce off of. One of the things I even said was a lot of the way we regarded Daryl is how he acted or reacted to people in the room. Or us as fans, we always projected our desires onto him because he was such a mystery box as a person. You didn't always know what he was thinking. You didn't know always know what he was going to say, if anything at all. So it's kind of like interesting to think about like, oh, yeah, this could be this could be interesting. This could be an opportunity. But it, it is hard to imagine unfortunately i don't know i think i've i've always felt like i've been able to read daryl just because he's so good at acting with his body and his eyes you can tell when he's upset about something or if he's gonna say something or if he dislikes something that's happening i feel like he's always made that really clear if we're talking like how does he get there and he doesn't know then is it is he taken there by someone and then is that person with him and is that the dynamic like yumiko and magna or from Lost, Evangeline Lilly. She was handcuffed to the... Kate. Yeah, Kate and um, whatever the and agent's Sawyer. name was. Oh. Mm-mm. No. The, I don't remember the agent's name, but... He's, a, he's about. Yeah. But, like, you know no, what I mean? Like, maybe it's the, that kind of dynamic. In Lost, you mean? Yeah, in, in Lost. In, it's okay. the guy that she's... She is a criminal, so she's being taken for prosecution. So uh, she is handcuffed gotcha. oh, the to guy, someone. Oh, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I understand. You, you know, you, you bring up a very good point in that... Kind of, I'm not, it's not the best example I'm going to give, but kind of like the way removing Morgan from Alexandria slash wherever our communities gave Morgan the opportunity to grow as a character finally. Because I've mentioned how in, in some senses he was largely abused. So I can see what you're saying in a sense that taking Daryl out of his current situation or current environment with all the people that he loves could give him a little bit more range. We could see him be more afraid or you can see him be more of a dynamic character than he otherwise would be. You could see different scenarios in which he'd be talking to people he would normally and maybe form different kinds of relationships based on that. So I, I can see what you're saying. Of course, we have no idea because, I mean, Morgan as a character has had more range, obviously, from crazy to zen, fake zen, to, and then we get to see him flourish and Fear the Walking Dead, we get to see the, the, the other dimensions of him. But I'm excited a little bit to see, based on your words, what that could, what the opportunity to see more of this tabula rasa of a character has no basis in the comic books flourish. Mm-hmm. That could be really cool. Much in the way like some of the characters like Carol. Another reason why we, we like Carol is that her character too is completely different than the one in the comic book. Same thing with Morgan. Yeah, I guess so too. Morgan dies pretty early on. Ah, I see. You're not held 
to whatever happened in the comic books. But beyond that, this, yeah, this character is something that you can do whatever you want with. In a country where he does not speak the native language, there's the potential for it to be really interesting. Much like when we saw Fear the Walking Dead go to Mexico and how that opened up interesting new concepts that we wouldn't think about because the show is American and we are Americans who are watching it. Not everyone. I mean, you guys who are listening, some of you are from other countries. And so you already have different perspectives on how it is here. But we're going to see that viewpoint from Daryl. Like, how how does he deal with, with France? A lot of yelling, I think. Just like most Americans. And then also, <laughs> is it France or is it just filming in France? Like, do we know that it's actually France? It's filming in France, too. Well, and I know it is in France. it's filming in France, but have they said the show takes place in France. Well, and the French the actors. setting. And the French actors that were announced uh, this week. Oh, okay. That's a, it's a safe bet. In fact, I, mean, I think it was mentioned. you could technically say it was Canada. Why go all that way? Why? <laughs> he wanted to be there. I, I see. I wasn't 100%. This is me admitting I don't really know what this meant. But Judith in the monologue says something about a, a secret... Oh, I have questions about this too. It's a secret saying. A secret that she used to share with used her dad. To say Michonne used to say to Rick, and it was something right. that made them all feel safe. Yeah, and so they all said it, but I could not come up with what it was. I actually thought it was the thing that she said at the end, but I wasn't quite sure that that was the case. Daddy, I was afraid to say it. What? <laughs> That's the thing she says at the end. Oh God! <laughs> That's what Michonne oh, at the end of the Rick. episode. No. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> Yeah. And it made them all feel Mercy. safe. And it made them all feel safe. <laughs> Daddy. I thought it was actually literally the, the, the thing that she that she says after. But we didn't know when we started this that this would be the day that everything changed forever. And that sounded like something that Michonne might have said during Alexandria. Maybe when she tried to put down her katana or sometime before then. Like this could be an opportunity. This could be the game changer. This place. Can I also quickly point out that if judith is reflecting on this day then she does in fact survive the gunshot <laughs> good call uh, she could be like one of those omniscient good narrators call. though that doesn't mean anything <laughs> yeah especially the way she frames this whole monologue too mm-hmm. because it could be a requiem too I, i'm open to your thoughts of what this might mean this she's secret talking thing. to carl there you go oh and that's that's definitely something i thought it was like it's a secret thing that we say to each other to keep each other safe. And so I thought I thought it was almost one of those moments of like, I'm going to tuck this away. I'm not sharing it because this is like a private thing between me and my immediate family. I, I didn't think she was saying it in that moment. And she frames that by saying I was afraid to say it out loud. I was afraid to say so many things out loud. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was like, we're going to find out what it is in the last episode. That's what I thought this was alluding to. Okay, I'm open to that. I would guess if you piece all of these beginning things together, it's probably one long monologue or one long letter, like with Carl's like, letter. Like Carl, yeah. yeah. And that's that's a astute observation. I can, I can dig Actually, that. did Carl write Judith a letter? Yeah, yes. Right? I want to say yes. Yeah. Did we ever see what that was? Maybe not. I feel like he did, but maybe... Wouldn't that be cool if Chandler Riggs ha- has a a narration in the next episode his letter to judith wouldn't that be something would be very special talk about waterworks oh fuck me (laughs) and we'll see heath too right anyway (laughs) everyone will come back (laughs) everyone where's scott where's cal just like lost they're all gonna be together in purgatory again 
No, that ending was bad so sign. dumb. <laughs> yes, thank you. By the way, on the subject of deaths, while you guys were talking about that, I was thinking to myself, because we talked about this during the premiere. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, we premiere our episodes on YouTube before it goes to audio podcast, but we invite folks to join us in the chat as it premieres so that we can talk about this ep that the episode in question or anything else that's on your mind as we do a little jazz thing in the chat. But one of the things that had come up near the end was the subject of deaths. Rosita and Gabriel, Rosita or Gabriel, <laughs> Zeke or Aaron, Zeke and Aaron. And I was just thinking to myself, a lot of people were choosing be one, between one or the other, like as if the show's going to discriminate between the two things. And I keep, I kept trying to say, hey, hey guys, hello, hey guys, it could be and, 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 and that's a possibility. Well, we saw that with the Pike scene. A lot of people died there. I mean, they're not afraid to do one mass. Here you go. Here you go. Here are several deaths. Deal with this. <laughs> Why does the Holocaust keep coming up? <laughs> I'm just saying, look, at the end, when they were flooded, all of our people are flooded by the walkers. If you look from like, the alley, because Judith looks back down the alley, right? And you can see Yumiko literally get swallowed up in the walkers as they all go past her. And she's in the middle. I would imagine a lot of people are gonna, of our people are going to die in the walker battle. I mean, and there's Megan a bunch of variants. One of them, too. Yeah, and Carol Carol gets like kind of, of swept off to the side. They're getting overrun, essentially. And mm -hmm. Variants are climbing on things to boot, which is what like, we, I thought we'd see it. I thought we'd see, right, Negan seeing the one very <laughs> climb up. That was hilarious. What <laughs> the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> like, yeah. That was so great. Obviously. Look, great storytelling. Let's just appreciate this moment here. But at the same time, as we've been framing this episode around Judith, as well we should, I thought to myself, that's kind of beautiful. They're all doing this. I mean, they're all doing this to obviously try to save the Commonwealth, maybe save their people, save whoever's left. And it turns into from that, because the beginning of the episode starts off with Judith saying, I want to finish what Carl wanted and couldn't achieve and what my dad started and just couldn't happen. And Carol says, you're concerned about what comes after. And it's almost as if it became about saving the Commonwealth to just wanting to save Judith in the end. If you had like a blinders on and just looked at the situation that that's currently happening, they're trying to save Judith, but also try to save what Judith wanted too. This doesn't mean anything if Judith doesn't survive, essentially. I know the other children like Gracie and RJ and Ezra and Herschel and all that. But like at the same time, we've said this on the show and we can't deny as much as that even I try to. There's something exceptional about Judith in that she gets it. And obviously, Daryl's a grown man. She did the classic Grimes thing and shouldn't have and threw herself into a bullet for Daryl. And... For Maggie. Wasn't it Maggie? Was it, was it, it was Maggie? Maggie. Yeah. It was, oh, okay. Well, it was Maggie. I, I bet Rachel's really mad about that. <laughs> sorry. Stupid. Sorry. I really am sorry, actually. It just goes to show how, <laughs> how much like her dad she is. That's kind and of And how much like Carl too. she is. She's so much like her family in that they are so willing to like sacrifice everything, every part of themselves for the people that they love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stupidly as we sometimes have said on the show, about the Grimes yeah. family in general. <laughs> Carl, stay in the house, goddammit. Except Lori. <laughs> Lori, Lori doesn't Lori. count. I did Lori. like, though, that... She married in. She doesn't count. <laughs> I did love the the backhanded way. <laughs> Judith, it wasn't really meant to be backhanded, 
I didn't get to know Lori, but she associates Lori and Michonne and Carl and, and everybody that she mentions as the Grimes family, like Rick, right? Obviously, Rick. And I kind of, I kind of like that. It was Shane. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> Remember, Rick didn't care. He was the father. That's Even informative. Even if I'm not the father, I'm still the father. <laughs> you know, but let's be real here. Imagine that she did. I think the audience would be like, Shane. I mean, it makes sense, but Shane. <laughs> because they didn't talk. I'm sure nobody talked about Shane to Judith. Nobody in their mother would have. That breaks my heart. The only person really who could would be Rick or... Or Daryl. Or Carl? I mean, that's there now is Carol or Daryl. She wouldn't remember, though. Right. Yeah. The only person who who knew him, they were still there, are Carol and Daryl. And, and, it's and like they, only, they only knew him briefly. <laughs> oh, and Carol's definitely not going to talk about him. She hated him. She's just yeah. not into him. It's really interesting to think when Daryl says that, like, one, you know, one day I'm going to sit down and tell you about all the people that loved you. It made me realize that they've been so focused on working for survival maybe some of those stories didn't get shared and so maybe she doesn't know about beth maybe she doesn't know about tyrese it like hit me in this episode this because i just did this rewatch before we came together and that's why i'm like so teary-eyed because i also stubbed my toe really hard but anyway (laughs) (laughs) and made a cracking sound (laughs) i'd broken it all of this alluding to all of the things from the previous seasons and Sharon D brought up such an excellent point in the last episode when she was talking about how they're not making it super obvious, but they're giving us these little pieces that just show or remind us of something that's happened in the past, right? So like the running holding Judith is like Rick running with Carl, but also it could be like Daryl running with Beth. Just to go on that particular thing, when Lydia is standing at the RV door and she's got it open and the walker bites her arm. That reminded me immediately of Amy at the RV yep. when she opened the RV door yep. and the walker bit her. Almost the same exact way that she was outstretched. The yeah. only difference was she didn't actually open the door because she was try- just trying to grab Elijah, but it was the exact same thing. Yeah. Wow. I, I Mind erase. Totally. Obviously, the RV itself has appeared many times across the Walking yeah. Dead universe. Yeah. And so it all it's all there to give that. you those little this has happened or remember this when when this occurred and this we're kind of trying to bring all of this full circle and so when when they're saying well i'm gonna tell you one day about all the people that loved you i'm like okay so maybe she did know about tyrese but did she know about the rest of the people at the prison that helped raise her essentially axel would she know about him he loved her just as much as everybody else we didn't see a lot of that but he was invested in that family even if they're not intending to do it, there's so much more here just because we've watched this show for 11 years, 12 years, technically. She even mentions it. She says, I wish we had more time to remember. Yeah. And then Daryl, that's how the framing of how Daryl responds, <sighs> yeah. which it, it really gets you thinking. This is something I even mentioned on the, on the show before. And that's throughout all of this. Like you said, we're just we're just fighting to survive constantly over and over again. And it's, it's almost as if we don't even get a chance to take a breath. And you know what's interesting is that even though they did have that year in the Commonwealth where they could have done that, obviously they still didn't do that. Something that Carol mentioned earlier was that we were too busy living our own lives, you know, trying to get on to get on, that we kind of just lost touch with each, with each other, which is what the Commonwealth wanted. Well, doesn't it remind you of how our lives are? It's so easy to lose touch with the people that you've known. Like, think about someone you worked with 10 years ago. Have you thought about them in the last six months at all? 
I have people that I was very close with. I stood up in a girl's wedding and I don't talk to her anymore because as you're living your life, we all just always chalk it up to like life gets in the way. But it was immediately like they went back to before the apocalypse happened. And they always talk about how we would not have even looked at each other prior to this because all of this happened and we ended up with the people that we ended up with. This is our found family now. As soon as they got there, it instantly went back to how things were before that and we all didn't like that i hated them being in the commonwealth because it meant that they it seemed like they weren't friends anymore and it sucked and they didn't do that in alexandria they pointedly all stayed together even though it's a much smaller community when they first got to alexandria they all stayed together in the same house even in the same house they wouldn't even split up they refused to split up kind of goes to something that Daryl had said in season nine, just before, not just before Rick leaves, but I think it was the first episode, if I'm not mistaken, of season nine. He says something to the effect of to Rick. Oh, no, I think it was to Carol about Rick and his plan. He goes, I kind of preferred it better when we were on the road and it was just a small handful of us. Mm-hmm. And isn't it funny how we're kind of talking about Daryl in this context? And he's, and he's doing this all for the sake of Judith's dream of, yeah, maybe we fall apart or whatever, but this is a brighter and better future where we don't have to always it doesn't have to go from one survival effort to another survival effort you know this is maybe this is the way life is but maybe shouldn't it be that maybe we can retain some of the lessons that we learned and the closest that we achieved maybe we get to survive if we got rid of a world with money would you really want to go back to that system like that sounds horrible to me that's terrible uh, the the reason i love zombie content is because the world falls apart and that to me is like the coolest thing because i'm like yes dude because the shit that's really important becomes important again your family's important how you find your food is important everyone's on the same level (sighs) there and there's no more of this like garbage of like i wasn't able to plug in my laptop last night and now my day is just ruined there's none of that garbage anymore it's like it's real real world speaking that happened to people. I don't know if you guys remember the PBS show Frontier House. Oh, uh, yeah, I've heard of that? it. I, I've never seen it, but... I okay. watched something similar, but it was Victorian House, but it was okay. similar mm. along the same lines. It was a PBS show back in early 2000s. I'm talking like 1999, like 2000. And people went to live in a home yeah. in which they had everything <laughs> that you would have if you lived in Pioneer or a Frontier Home. Or, and this was a social experiment. So these people were plugged in. And they oh, had to live that way. Okay, yeah. And we brought this up on the podcast, is what I want to say. And a long there time was ago. a guy from one of the seasons, I don't remember which, but there was a guy that after they left and they went back to the real world, he could not he hack it. He couldn't handle it. Yeah. He couldn't hack it. And he called the people on the show and like begged the people he had been out there with, come back and let's let's just live this way. And I feel like I would be that guy. I would not be okay with going back to a world with money. As much as I want to agree with you, I don't. I, that, I mean, that's fine. I mean, I know I, it no, sounds nuts. And like I said, no, it when, doesn't. We, when we talked about the Commonwealth, I was like, yeah, you know, I really like ice cream. So would that be the deal breaker for me? I don't know. <laughs> but because um, your girl is fat. And so. <laughs> Listen, you know. hey, I'm right there with you. <laughs> fat or not. And so well, ice cream is ice cream. Here I am. But um, I, <laughs> it's, it's ice cream, yeah. air conditioning. I mean, air conditioning, right? air conditioning <laughs> ice cream, so there's creature a lot comforts. Of there's a lot of draws. But that's why I get so invested in this stuff, because I just think, yeah, it sucks. There's zombies everywhere, and that's horrible. But how nice would it be if everybody just got to start over? 
Yeah, no. And, and again, like I agree with the sentiment on 100%. And I think all of us kind of feel the same way as you. I feel the same way as you. But then there's this part of me in the back of my head when you say that, that says, but isn't that an excuse? Really? Doesn't that say so much about how little self-control we have, how little initiative we have? Because the responsibility is ours. It's not our circumstance that makes it so that we don't do these things. It's us. We get too comfortable. We get too complacent. We don't give a shit after a while. But why don't we give a shit? It's because, and I know why it is. Because we think we give a shit, but mostly we don't. I don't think we really give a shit as much. But being in those circumstances makes us give a shit. It really does. Because that's all you have now. The thing is, is that we want to give a shit. We really do. There's a part of us that loves to give a shit. Will we give a shit, though? (laughs) Will we, though? (laughs) It's up to us. It's up to us. And that's what I think. And listen, I'm making your point right now. The show is showing us that it's up to us. It's always been up to us to keep in touch, to be there for our friends when they need us, choosing not to, (laughs) to stay in touch or to make friends with the people at work, even though that feels weird. To your point, I think the show is trying to show us that you only get one of these things called life. For God's sake, do something. It's always been in your power. You don't have to wait until the world falls apart. (laughs) My God, man, it's a wonderful (laughs) life. But it's true, though. It's our responsibility and we're shirking it. I'm sorry. I get mad when I think about this. Not at you or anybody else. I really I get mad at me. Can I tell you the first thing I thought of when you started talking about this? How much I miss Carol. As much as I think of all the excuses I could. And it, it brings us right back around to the beginning of this podcast. Wow, I'm really admitting a lot of shit right now. I'm taking a chance of being vulnerable. But I miss her. I make all the excuses in the world as to why she's not on the show. Whether it's political differences or whatever the fuck it was. As this series comes to a close, the only thing I think of is her, really. I mean, it's not the only thing. I think about the show, but I have such a strong association to what... This wouldn't have been a thing without her. And I keep thinking to myself... Yeah, how much of what is this invited to the fucking finale? And I thought about it a lot. And I stewed on it. And I sat on it. And of course, just like my dumb fuck example, I didn't do anything about it because I chose not to. I made a, a tactical decision not to. Because you know what? I didn't want to I didn't think I'd go here today. <laughs> I didn't want to I didn't want to make myself vulnerable only to get ignored. Or whatever. Or possibly ignored. I don't know. I don't know. I could have. Life is full of opportunities to try. But and that's where I'm at. And, and, and sometimes we don't get an answer. But isn't it worth trying sometimes? Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe Carol's not the best example. But it, I, I have been thinking about her a lot lately. I do miss her. Every time I get the chance to talk to you guys, every episode, I can't not think of her because she helped make this possible. She kicked me my ass to say, shouldn't we do this? And so I keep wanting to do something for her. And I keep trying to think of ways to rustle up the courage to, to make an effort. So cards on the table. That's where I've been at. Wow. I really brought down. 
<laughs> no, this is good. I've been this holding this inside for a long time. This so. is good, David. For, Honestly, for like, a long time. From the perspective that I have, which is like, I've already died once. And so like, I don't want to fucking waste any more time on this earth because I don't know how long I'll have. Just do it. Who cares if she says no or she ignores you? Just do it. Because you only get one shot at this. I don't even know Carol. And then, like, thank you to her. Like, seriously, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for what you guys started. Or or Rachel for helping you continue it. Or, or Sharon D for the enrichment that she adds. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for any of you guys. And so, like, thank you even to Carol. I don't, I don't know you. Thank you. You changed my life, which is so dumb because this is a tv show but it's just because we're getting to the end i just uh, there's so much more reflection happening now i'm not looking forward to editing this part <laughs> just so say that, right but you're right this, i mean I, I think of all the things you guys have ever said about each other and how much you guys care how much we all care for each other and it, it just i just, just goes right back to carol for me thank you carol let's start there and move our way up i'm glad we had this discussion because yeah of course it would be so much easier if this was a zombie apocalypse. Oh, I get a chance to do things right <laughs> and do it over. Probably not. You'd be an awful person. Probably. We all would, right? But, I'd be dead but because they'd probably be fasting if we talked about this. <laughs> I'd probably be a variant. What would my variant power be? Eating. No, he told you yeah, eating. Same too. Same. Ice cream, mostly. Yeah. I mean, that is ice cream, right? Yeah. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. Eyes cream. Ice cream. Mm. <laughs> mm. I bring up the cabinet for curiosities, but I'm not Our going Darian to. delicacy. <laughs> <laughs> Sapphires and eyes cream. Before we move on from what Daryl was saying to Judith, I've been sitting on, on it a minute, but we had a moment, oh. so I <laughs> didn't want to break I'm sorry. it. Sorry. I'm sorry. No, I no, I I didn't wanna I didn't wanna be like so back to so guys, <laughs> excuse, excuse me, guys. I'm I'm gonna let you finish. I'm but, gonna keep crying. I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep crying, so like please feel free to do that at any point. Because I'm just gonna keep doing this over and Can over. Can you like mute yourself while you're crying? No, because I'm talking while I'm crying, Dave. That's yeah, right. it takes one to, to know one. In my really yeah. cracked, crying voice. <laughs> it's going to be super lackluster now, but... <laughs> the thing that Daryl said to Judith about, I'm going to you know, tell you about all the people that you loved. I immediately thought of the end of the comic books, where Carl is literally reading a book to his daughter, Andrea. And I thought that would be a really cool way to wrap it up. That'd be a really cool way to end it. Maybe not with Daryl telling Judith stories, but maybe of judith telling her children stories it's kind of like what we were saying about the narration itself oh is it judith at in the rear view talking about this moment and i think that's the overall impression that she's trying to give not just with the overall narration throughout the last trimester but like this one specifically this is the day that changed everything forever this day let me tell you about it <laughs> it would mirror rick's visions too of the future which came from carl really yeah, mm -hmm. yeah it was like, all carl you know, that all happened and that was years in the future. They could do the same kind of thing. Honestly, I hope so. I think we all kind of do. I think we all do. We all want Judith to live. It's not like, oh, I couldn't care less. We've all said that she's <laughs> pretty. No, so. we've all said oh my gosh. in different who would, moments who would hope how that? significant she is. That's the, that's the thing I was trying to say before. We all agree that she's exceptional. As much as we try not to shit on other kids, 
We all think she's pretty exceptional. <laughs> the thing that gets us canceled for some reason. Can we talk about Eugene and his body wrestler take out of the trooper? If you want to go back and talk about the past, past Eugene could never have done something like that. Mm-mm. Well, you know how you have to start this, Sharon, right? By biting someone's dick off? First off, <laughs> Eugene is a pussy crusher. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's been a while since we brought up that up. Apparently he's a head crusher as well because he whacked that dude with the flashlight pretty hard. Yeah. I was just totally impressed by the body slam. When he picked the dude up and slammed him on the ground, I was like, damn, Eugene. It was really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he keeps having these incremental moments where like he does more and more badass shit with his little whippy ponytail. He's at the (laughs) Union Station, too. Yeah. And takes out that guy. All dressed guy. in black. Mm-hmm. All dressed in black. Uh-huh. <laughs> Scurrying behind the train. Because you see him, it, like, behind It's the funny. Because we were talking and laughing so much during the Dave reacts that, like, I didn't even notice the, the, the hooded figure. <laughs> Just not skirt. Okay. You know what it was on when I was watching for notes? We had mentioned in the last episode, like, hey, you know, like, the, the cartoons, like, the bank robber? <laughs> that's tiptoeing away from the from the bank that's eugene in this episode behind the train cars and yumiko's just like let's get away from here this is a guy with the i'm seeing things <laughs> just seeing things right now this does not look like the place we want to be i am seeing burglars <laughs> tiptoeing away it's like, like um, a cartoon it's like the bad guys in a christmas story when uh, Ralphie's having his visions of the yes. Red Rider BB gun, and like they're like floating over the fence, <laughs> like, that's, like I picture Eugene just like up over the top of the train car, <laughs> just belly like slithering down. Not a not unlike the variants in this episode. Ooh. What Seriously. The fuck? So many. There's so many variants. Like okay, that I, I developed a theory today about that. About okay. The variants, and why there's suddenly so many. Because that's what we talked about. Like, where are they all coming from all of a sudden? Because it was like, <laughs> variants are a thing. No, they're everywhere. And yeah. and maybe that's uh whatever that's called, the Bader Meinhof phenomenon, right? When you learn about something, then you hear it more often that's that i see what you're saying like it always existed but we just didn't yeah, know but you didn't know it no no mm. that's not it I think, is that not it is that not what you're talking about no that's the name of it but that's not i don't think that's the what's theory happening here okay my theory okay, okay. is that okay so the original virus is airborne right and the dead don't breathe but what if it's like a fungi like a spore walking dead world beyond and it was airborne again you're saying there was a second event yes Okay. And then that would explain why so many of them are popping up all of a sudden. Maybe it it takes like a specific chemical genetic setup in their body. But if that spore hits the right spot up their nose or whatever, and it's in the right climate, does it grow and then grow into the brain? Kind of like almost like a mix of last of us. What is that called? The cordyceps or whatever? It's I have the, no idea. Oh, it's, it's spores. It's a real fungi that takes over ants. That's where we've seen oh. it the most. The spore keeps the body moving even after the ant is dead. That's right. It has now morphed and moved into mice, I think, is what Travis just told me today, which is the terrifying. Fuck? So, like, yeah, yeah. my wishes of the zombie apocalypse um, could be happening. Could happen. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> but 
I thought maybe it was something like that. That was my theory today, mainly because I talked about Cordyceps this morning and then did the rewatch. And so then I was like, airborne the first time. What if it's airborne again? I don't know that we know 100% that it was airborne because that was Kirkman's theory on space spores or whatever it was. And well, I don't think they it's joked necessarily about the, the world space beyond. spores, but we, I thought, we, I thought it was confirmed that it was airborne by Rick after the first thing. no he just, wasn't just, just that we're, that all, we're infected. all infected we're all well, how infected, would you all yeah. be infected everywhere great how we don't great thoughts yeah. so I, to I, me it's like it had to be airborne that's what i thought can i tell you my theory on the variants sure yeah, yeah. it ties, this is a theory it ties show. into dr everett early on you get bitten by a walker and you turn into a walker that's the first generation and then you bite somebody else and that person becomes a walker that's the second generation mm. and as people get bitten by further along walkers the variant mutations appear Ooh. meaning that the virus mutates if right. it is a so, virus so if if you're like a you know eighth generation walker you you were bitten by eight bites back but there's a mutation in that bite that makes you gain the variant power that's really interesting. Maybe the radiation yeah. from Texas finally made its way over here. Travis just said, <laughs> he just opened the door and went upper at atmospheric nuclear blast or something. <laughs> okay, I sorry, I said nuclear because I'm George W. You have to get a nuclear explosion. He just came in and yelled that he didn't say it that way, so I'm sorry. He said, it, he said it the correct way, but his wife is a southern idiot, so I just say it how I want. Sorry. Uh, no comment. It's fine. It's fine. I love you the way you are. <laughs> Don't change, please. I think I'm, yeah, more league with uh, Sharon D on this one. Passing through people and more bites and more bites and would, more bites. That it would change, that it would mutate every time it passes to someone else. And why wouldn't it lessen even maybe the effects? So they're a little more human each time someone gets bit with the virus. You know, it could also be like convergence too. After a while, the span of time doesn't even matter if you've just been turned or not, it just time with this virus, it'll evolve mm. for a certain amount of years in the apocalypse. Like an internal evolution. Yeah, it has a clock, essentially. Well, yeah. I mean, there's scientific precedent for that, right? Because when we go through a virus, like a cold, it mutates from us having it. Right. So the common cold. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Which is called uh, encephalitis, right? Yes. I <laughs> particularly loved when Judith picked up the multi-community charter of rights and freedoms. Yeah, you yeah. freaked out a little. I completely, You're like, ooh, that's nice. <laughs> I completely <laughs> forgot about it. But in the context of what we're watching, because if everything turns out okay, this document actually has a use. You know, we were so bummed. We didn't see the saviors on there. And we didn't know what happened. And then season nine, it suddenly pops up six years later. Mm. And then they finally get Oceanside to sign. And even though the kingdom is about to end, even if there aren't multiple communities, like how this founding document could be used to establish a better future. I thought it was really cool that they showed it. I'm more curious about what the drawing was. I was too on second watch. I didn't notice it on the first watch, but on the second watch, I'm like, what is that drawing? Oh, the folded up one. Maybe it was something RJ did. She's got the wood planks somewhere because she did take them with her. Those were very important to her. Yeah, oh, maybe yeah. it was a drawing RJ did of like them together. Judith was above the bigger character, the bigger like character big... or two characters. I it don't know. It looked me. like two characters. It was me. It was a big circle. 
<sighs> you can only make that joke so many times, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Come on, like that was, it, that was it's funny. like when you make the joke so many times that, that oh, should I edit this out? This is too much. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, you know what? You do write the show, so you're like, it I'm was just gonna write myself into it. It was their homage to me, you know. It's like the, Judith. The rest of the crew was like, we really love Bridget and how plastered she gets when she writes this show. And, um, and Party Bridget. And so we really want to include Bridget. her in some way. So we had a child drawer. <laughs> <laughs> I have drawings of myself behind my desk that look a lot like that, just so you know, from the kids at school. I'm hoping so. from children. That's <laughs> my hope, drew, actually. They're my Bridget drew pictures of say, herself. I was going to say Travis. I'm not they very love good. you so much. I'm not very good at Yikes. drawing. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Travis wooed you. He drew them, and you're like, they're so good. I was like, Travis, draw me good. like one of your French girls. Essentially, the drew a crawler. <laughs> so romantic. Oh, so oh, romantic. Oh, oh, okay. Honestly, when I saw that, I'm like, I'm deciding not to care about this drawing at all. Seriously, neither are you. So let's move on. <laughs> One of the biggest moments, in my opinion, of this episode. Other than Judith getting shot. Obviously, that takes the cake. <sighs> there is no we. And then you move into Negan and Zeke actually having that conversation. But I thought it was very telling how teeing that up was Negan saying, hey, we don't have to involve everybody else. And isn't it funny how he kind of frames trying to take out Pamela much in the way Rick probably would. Or Rosita with Sasha taking out him. Isn't that interesting? And then you move into the conversation between Negan and Zeke, which Maggie had eavesdropped on. That was one of the scenes in the show, besides me freaking out about Judith getting shot, right? Obviously. <laughs> I had this almost the same reaction as the uh, Game of Thrones finale at the end. I <laughs> almost did. <laughs> multiple, multiple shits on multiple sticks. Shit on a stick. <laughs> Shit on all the sticks. That's what it was, wasn't it? Shit on all the sticks. <laughs> right. That scene between he and Zeke, I was very surprised, actually. I did not think that Negan was going to go there to the point where he says, you're all better than me. And then he adds. And if you think I don't know that, then you haven't been paying attention, which is like the show taking pot shots at the audience who are like, oh, you killed Glenn. Rachel. <laughs> hey, it's not me. It's not me this time. <laughs> It You're was torture. me. I wrote it. I'm sorry. It was, it it's was Bridget. me all along. It Bridget. It was Agatha all along. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. It, that's for the that's for the writers on the show. I mean, I was surprised. I was. I was. It's only now that I'm thinking. Oh, they're telling the people like mm, I don't like him. To like, just like anyway. But I saw Rachel, and she was. She's in the reaction video, which apparently might have already been released. Even you were like, "Fuck." So, uh, you have anything to add to that? No, you got it pretty much, uh, wrapped up, wrapped that up nicely in a bow, Dave. It's like last episode. It was nice to hear him say it. Did you think that it would go there though? I'm actually kind of curious because I, I, I really didn't. Ooh, that's a bigger question. Cause it almost answers, is Negan still Neganing? That question that we had two Negan's episodes ago. Always, Negan's always Negan. Negan's always Negan. But like I've said, if he's going <laughs> to Negan, pretty I want obvious. him Neganing for us. 
that's been the whole thing. He's always going to be Negan, but do it for us. And that's, that's okay. But hearing him say that, it was pretty heavy. It was very satisfying. That's the word. To hear yeah. him say that. How do you think it made Maggie feel to hear it? Well, Maggie's kind of a bitch. So she was probably like, whatever. Nah. <laughs> until, until that point? <laughs> or still? She lo- okay, maybe this is my own bias, but when they panned over to her after that scene... She still looked a little pissed. She did not have the same look on her face that I had on mine. I thought she looked taken aback. I thought she looked very pensive about it. Like, wow. Yeah. I thought she still looked pretty pissed. But maybe that's just her face. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Lauren. No, like Maggie face. Maggie face. Not Lauren face. Resting Maggie face. Resting Maggie face. (laughs) RMF. (laughs) Yikes. I spit again. Um, <laughs> I can't drink. What are you, like resting reface? Anyway, I would be pissed too. Cause then I think up to that, up until that point, I think she was like, I'll eventually kill him. <laughs> but when she hears this, she's like, fuck. So you mean I can't kill him? <laughs> what? And if she does, he'll be a martyr. So joke. It's exactly what I was going to say. Yes. Yeah. Cause then what does that make me? Me yeah, as in Maggie. The, she'd be the villain. Right. Pensive is a really Ew. good way to put that, Charity. It's not like awe and shock or anything, but there definitely was something there. That was a surprising statement from Negan. And I think it's just because up to this point, he admits what he did, but he doesn't admit it in that way. That was such a like, I get it. I sucked and you guys are, are better than me because even though we live in the same horrible world that has like ripped us all apart, you all still want good in the world. And I fell victim to the opposite. I made a career out of slipping, essentially. Yeah, yeah. so it was like it was like a very specific admission. In fact, like, isn't it a nice little mirror to his own admission at the beginning of the season? How he says, frankly, and I don't think with malice, like if I knew what I knew now, I would have killed all of you. If Negan from season seven through eight would have known that this would happen, he'd be like, oh, I should kill them all. I should kill them all. He wasn't saying that to be malicious. He was saying this as, but I'm not him, essentially. I'm not him. And if you don't know that by now, you haven't been paying attention. It's almost, again, another thing for the audience. You could accuse him of, in that moment, saying, I would have killed all of you. Be like, oh, shit, he's Neganing. Oh, I don't like it. But like, really, that's not how he meant it. He was being frank with himself to Maggie about if I still believe what I believed at the time, I would have killed all of you. Knowledge from the future to past me. Well, okay, I'm just going to ride up and kill all the hilltop people and the Alexandrian people. Pains in my asses. So that's kind of cool. I dig it. The whole quest to go back to the Commonwealth was something that Mercer said. Well, obviously to be together with some of the people that were left over, but the mission was, hey, if you can get these witnesses who've been disappeared to the Commonwealth, they can serve as legal authority for me to depose Pamela. But as we see in Union Station, they all dead. So what does that mean? It was supposed to be about this, but now it's about Judith. But what does it mean for Pamela? What does it mean for the Commonwealth? Did you think about that as they were dying left and right? I don't think it stops the plan in the least because the change is <laughs> Pamela basically admitted to uh I don't remember her name but the other 
officer. Colonel Vickers? Yeah, Vickers. Pamela admits to Vickers unintentionally that she planned this horde to come here. It's clearly a, a maneuver that she's done time and time again. And they mentioned that in the, I think it was in this episode or the episode pre- previous where they say like, she, oh no, it's Max says it to Mercer in this episode that she's clearing the streets intentionally and she right, did this before what- and she did. There was a horde that came before and that was why they all had to be in their homes during the protests. Right. The episode was called Lockdown uh, mm-hmm. the first time. It was a means to control the populace, yeah. to prevent them from protesting. And then she says the most politician thing I've ever heard in my life. No, protect me and my rich people. Um, no one else. Let them all die. And clearly Vickers was not okay with that. Even though the whole episode you're like, I feel like she really has it in for Mercer. She didn't really because when it came push came to shove, Mercer pulled all those people and she's like, it's standard protocol. This seems mm-hmm. really normal. Right. But clearly she was told to inform on Mercer's movements. Yeah. She's not dumb. She knows what's happening here. I think it's pretty obvious that Mercer is no longer the only high level person who's like turning against Pamela. It's very clear Vickers is now turning against Pamela, too, I would say. I would hope. She is taken aback by what she says about yeah. protecting yeah. herself. But we never know what's going to happen. That's that's the interesting thing about this show is that, yeah, she could look like she's thrown aback. It, just like many people on the show have been. And then they decide to do not do the thing. Yeah. Chances are Vickers family is in the lower wards mm-hmm. because she's not she's a, a rich person. person. Yeah. Yep. She's, she's the only one that I know has a rank other than Mercer. <laughs> Actually, really. On this day, Veterans Day, thank you for your service. Yes. I should say. Yeah. 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 And that rhymed a lot. <laughs> Sorry. When I saw the variants climbing up up the walls and getting people in guard towers, again, it's, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. <laughs> and, I, and I always thought the variants would be the one thing to get people to band together in a way. A return to season eight when Negan is finally defeated. Rick going, hey, this is the threat. That massive, massive hurt. That's, that's the threat. That's why we do what we do. That's why we have to get together. It's us versus that, which is what the guy, we have to mention his name now. I love that he said that. Isn't the show about the walkers? Aren't they the threat? Mm-hmm. What, what is the guy's name Steve. again? Steve. On YouTube? Steve. Steve. That's, Steve. That's his YouTube channel is Steve. Steve. He watches the season eight finale of The Walking Dead out of context. Mm-hmm. He does this for all these different shows and maybe movies too. I'm not sure. No, no shows specifically because they're segmented. Game of Thrones. And he, he mentions on the, on the episode, he says something that really surprised me. Like, yeah, that is sword. That is a threat. He doesn't get that. The walking dead, the walking dead is people like Silent green. But at the end of the day, he's right. (laughs) The threat is out there. It's not, it shouldn't be us. When I saw that Walker climbing the wall, my first thought was, I wonder if he could do that when he was alive. Did the walker? <laughs> the human. When he was alive, could he have that's done great. that? <laughs> I I almost want to say no. Right? That's kind of what I was feeling. Yeah. I'm looking at all like of you and I'm like, only the walkers no. with the variant, like the, var- yeah, the variant gives him that extra <laughs> upper body strength somehow to climb the wall. <laughs> I'm a upper body strength. If you, if you don't care about tearing ligaments and tendons and all those, the gutsy, the, you, the, you'll do anything. Your soft hands. Yeah, your little, fi- your little fingies. <laughs> Little right. fingertips. <laughs> yeah. Lose lose the tip of your finger? Who cares? Meh. I'll get up that wall. There's blood yep. on the wall. There's blood waiting for me to... Mm, 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 mm. 
I love, and especially in the in the nice, nice hard candy shell, <laughs> the white Ooh. with the little red wrapping. Oh yeah, <laughs> on the front, yeah. it's delicious. Where's Jerry? Jerry, out of concern for Lydia, saying we don't leave people. That was the part that got me watching the episode. Lydia that, specifically, or Jerry? No, leaving? Jerry. Jerry leaving. Okay. That was that was the part during the reaction that I lost my shit. You did. It made me angry. It makes me think of Fear the Walking Dead in dreams when Grace is coming out of her fever dream and she screams at Morgan to give Riley the key because she had this dream. And Morgan gives it to him because Grace is screaming at him. Even though it's the completely wrong decision, Morgan really has no excuse because he's not the one coming out of a fever dream. Grace is. He should, right. know, he should know better. And I feel like this was the same way. Lydia is screaming that she can't be without, uh, um, I almost said okay, <laughs> without Elijah. It's not okay and, without Elijah. <laughs> and Jerry, who did not just have his arm cut off and who is fully lucid and knows what is going on, gives in to her. And it's a terrible, terrible decision. I'm so glad you said that. On first watch, I actually kind of agree with you. Lay low, they'll move on, whatever. Unfortunately, Lydia is bleeding out. Second watch. This is my second watch brain. Fortunately, Lydia might bleed out. And it's less about finding... Whoa, 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 but, but, but how does finding Elijah help them in that sense? If you're worried about Lydia bleeding out, Jerry and Aaron need to band together and do something about the walkers and get her out of there. Not just Jerry go off by himself and leave them there where they can't do anything. They have two arms between the two of them. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> Two pairs of arms. Yeah. Well, if they're in the herd and the herd, the herd is being guided to the Commonwealth, they are walking to the Commonwealth when all of this happens, which we didn't think initially. We thought we were, they were going to Alexandria, so we didn't know. But they're right. clearly going to the Commonwealth. Since that's the case, where are you going to find a doctor? Well, you know exactly where there is one. Right. The Commonwealth. Right. It, th that's sort of what I was thinking. So you're going to head there. So I almost feel like Jerry was saying, like, I'm going to go find Elijah because we're all still going to the Commonwealth. And mm -hmm. I'm going to go, but I'm really going to go find a doctor for you. But I'm going to tell you that I'm going to find Elijah because it's like, it's on the way. And it's going to sort of what I was thinking. It's on the but way. But I was also thinking <laughs> as, as Jerry talks about leaving also, I think there was also the implication that hopefully at least many of them go with him in his little gut suit and whisperies and things that hopefully they draw enough away so that maybe they can make a break for it too. I think there's multiple purposes. I don't think he goes for Elijah necessarily, but I think her plea may have pushed him to do it, which, you know, I get it. <laughs> I, I think we all kind of get it, emotionally speaking, but I think he does this for sensible purposes. It does make a bit of sense because you're dealing with a time sensitive situation too. If they do nothing and they wait, Lydia could die flat out. And even in that moment, as Lydia is, if they leave it like that, Lydia might probably die. The only thing Lydia can think about is Elijah. And I think that's kind of sweet. Fucking Cassidy McClincy was fucking smashing it. Mm -hmm. Smashing it. Seriously. Everybody's bringing their A game for the last. But Cassidy McClincy, I have to admit, we don't really talk about her enough because we don't really see her enough, <laughs> to be honest with you. Fair. But she is incredible. You could accuse her of being like just over the top, but it just it's just perfect. It's surprising sometimes to see how really good she is. I've mentioned her, her, you should watch lore. It's a two season 
show that you can get on Amazon Prime. You see her as a young actor and she's smashing it back then too at an earlier age before she came on The Walking Dead. We need to keep our eye on this guy, this one. She's amazing at conventions too. Oh my gosh, yes. Angela King mentioned <sighs> that in the episode or Insider. She said- Which I didn't get a chance to see. They, she, I, they took it out. <laughs> she used a phrase that I thought was really telling. She talked about Cassidy and how impressive she is as an actress, but she said that Cassidy can tap into the Lydia Payne spectrum at any point. And that was just such a cool way to put that because Lydia has been through so much as a character and her life is just filled with trauma. And so it's like really cool to think that Cassidy is like so tapped into this character that she can just kind of hit anywhere. I could see her being like a scream queen in like horror movies. She's just got like that capability Uh, to like to convey like intense pain so well. I see. Okay, I see what you're saying. But I I like the fact that she she's specific in saying spectrum, meaning it's not like she doesn't take it to 11 consistently, meaning right. that's too much. She can dial in to just the right amount. It's it's at the high, you know, like when you when I'm editing and you you laugh loudly and it's in the red, <laughs> it, she can go there. But then she comes back down to the green part. I'm not I'm not looking at you, Rich. I am actually looking. I'm oh, sorry. I, was looking at I was just, actually I felt like it was me. I was oh. <laughs> I was only looking at you because you're making the face, not because we all do it. I am the loudest one of out of all of you. Trust me. You all <laughs> so, know how to pull I'm sorry. back, though. <laughs> I try. I try. That's my one foible. I get loud and I lean forward closer to the mic. Out of all the actors that I, I am looking forward to seeing in other projects, it's her more than anybody else. Of course, I want to see the rest of my Walking Dead family members adjacent cast, let's say. Because I don't know them from Adam. But out of all of my, I really look forward to her career. I can't wait to see her in whatever project comes next. And I hope I hope I do. Really, the only thing we didn't talk about is that Jules and Len Luke are there. Because right. they show up at the end. Right. And then I said, oh, well, there is... The two people we thought would die. Like, yeah. Th- yeah, the last sure. two seasons. And I said there were, there were two little pieces in the teaser that we really haven't seen that were, like, very concerning. And I remember this in particular from when we did the San Diego Comic-Con coverage because that's when we first saw it and you and I, Dave, were like, oh my God. And, you know, we're in the chat talking to people about how like, concerning that is and the variants and right. it was all very exciting. So there's the one hand over the wall, which I thought was this episode, but Dave, Dave contends that it's a different, that it's not yet, that it hasn't happened. Right. But I thought it was this episode that we got the fingers on the wall. We, we did get a, a we, de- we got plenty of hands coming over walls in this episode. <laughs> However, and, and when you brought it up, I had said, oh, didn't we have that already in Variant? Yeah. Maybe. They didn't. Maybe. They didn't see him necessarily climb the wall, though. Maybe. Except when he climbed over the, but they showed, they showed that clip to us because they showed the walker going up to wall and putting his hand over it. In, right. In well, they showed two cuts. Right. In Variant. Mm. Right. However, I think it's from the finale because in that scene where we see the hand coming over the wall, and yes, it is two cuts. You see it. There is a grand estate in the background, which when we saw the teasers, I thought it was for some reason didn't make sense. Now that I'm thinking about it at the time, didn't make sense that it would be Hilltop. Hilltop's Mm -hmm. done. It's over. That that's not a setting in the Walking Dead universe anymore. Just like the kingdom. They're never going back. But couldn't it be Pamela Milton's estate oh. or a, just a random estate sure. in the estates? The governor's mansion. So that's 
That's what it could be. Right. Exactly. Mm. Gracie mansion. Right. That's what they call it. In New York City. I hope yeah. that was Lance's hand then. Ooh. That would be great. So, aren't you glad yeah. you brought that up? <laughs> The other thing I... Unless I, you want to talk about and, this more. No, no, no. The other thing I brought up, and it's it's why I mentioned Luke and Jules at the beginning of this, because when we're watching it, we see the alley scene, and we see them being like, run, or <laughs> or like, you know, something to that effect. And then you right. see, and you see something coming out of the horde, like running. But you see it right. for such a quick flash that we were all like, oh my God. <laughs> variants! Fast variants! This is horrible! And now we realize... It was Luke and Jules <laughs> running out. Yeah. So, so I mean, feel Kelly, a little bit it, better Kelly, about that. Kelly, stop it. Kelly, don't Kelly. shoot them. <laughs> stop it. Hashtag Duke. <laughs> On a selfish level, I'm glad they're still around. I like this. Yeah. I like this. So many couples torn apart, honestly. Can we just have one that survives? Pretty, pretty please, with a cherry on top. Jerry, Nabila, Luke and Jules. I'll take one. I'll take one. For goodness well, we sake. Got two, so who's it going to be? Well, D- N- Negan and Annie. Why does it have to be any of them? <laughs> okay. We got three. Oh, you must choose. You must choose. You must choose one. <laughs> oh, you mean Negan and Maggie? No, I'm Negan and... Oh, no. Negan and Annie, you're right. Hashtag okay. Nanny. Nanny? Nanny. Nanny. Oh. So, we're racing to the finale. I, I know I'm an asshole. Sorry. We have to acknowledge the facts. I think they just announced an extended run of the C-series finale. We're gonna get a lot more than what we thought we would get. I think it's gonna be a little over ha- an hour and a half without commercials, I think. So I don't know how long this this episode, it's probably gonna be about two plus hours, actually. Ooh. Plus the pre-show, which mm-hmm. I think is also another two hours. It's a half hour mistaken. pre-show. And then the post-show is an hour to two hours, I think. Oh, right, 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 the wrap up. Yeah. The mega, mega talking that'll dead. Be, that'll be when everybody is there and, you know, the people that we know are going that we're not going to talk about. But there's people there, you know, that we know that are going. And so they'll all be there. I would imagine that Nicotero and Norman would probably do the video in like JDM and Lauren did for San Diego Comic-Con. Maybe, maybe. They might fly in just for this, though. I could see them doing Maybe, that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really big deal. Before that, the fan celebration, which I know was at both San Diego Comic-Con and New York Comic-Con, where it's at, maybe it was just at San Diego Comic-Con, but it's a huge interactive yeah. experience. I know that's supposed to be there as well. Well, and I, I know we didn't report on this, but a lot of people from AMC Plus had the opportunity or the invite yes. to come to L.A., not everybody. I don't know who, I don't know how they discriminated. And I know they asked notable people that were in the space, people that may have even also been on Talking Dead mm-hmm. before to come to LA. Yeah, there we were a lot know of some of these people personally, yeah. just saying out loud. Some some of them whom we love. <laughs> Smile if you're one of those people. Watch Talking yeah. Dead on Sunday. I promise it'll be cool. Not like the last time I promised it'll be cool. I think they're going <laughs> to watch it anyway, but there's a special reason to watch it outside yeah. of the normal reason to watch it. Mm-hmm. Do you remember like when everybody was like, ugh, Talking Dead? This is like the one Talking Dead that'd be like, okay, I'll watch this Talking <laughs> yeah. Dead because it's, a, you know, or has watch, all like, the, the last people I like. 15 minutes, but it does have good people on it. It's <laughs> right. Cooper Andrews and Michael James Shaw and Denise Huth, a.k.a. Uh, Mrs. Blake. Philip Blake. <laughs> Mrs. Philip Blake. The Mrs. Blake. <laughs> the Mrs. <laughs> Philip Blake, right. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to see that one. And 
probably a lot of other people who are undoubtedly going to be on Talking Dead. Well, one of whom we know for sure is going to be. <laughs> well, the final episode, Talking Dead. There may be a lot of familiar oh, faces. That's we don't that's know. what I'm referring to. Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, I feel like we should end it here. I feel, it's like most episodes. You think you're going to get everything. <laughs> you think there's more to it. You're like, nah. That's basically it. That's we had some emotional moments. We had some good follow through. We connected certain things together that we didn't think we were going to connect together, but I think we did a good job. Good enough job. The episode really does speak for itself. I like how they kept making us think of prior episodes and connecting it, mirroring certain scenes that we know and settings and objects that we know throughout their time on the show. Well, and Charity, didn't you say this during Dave Reacts? You liked it because they did all the stories. There wasn't a story that was untouched. They covered all of the stories. We didn't leave any characters out. It wasn't a two-character episode like we've been getting yeah. a lot of. Right. All nice. the plots were being touched on, essentially. But they're all, like the herd that's coming to Commonwealth, they're all kind of merging together. Even in my notes, what I've been tending to do with this with these episodes lately, because my notes are a work in progress, but a very slow one, they're all sectioned off by scene. I just go linearly by scene with sub bullet points for each scene when i get to the last part it's literally we're all at the commonwealth yes in different parts of the commonwealth but i just put them all on, under the sub so i'm wondering what my notes are going to look at look like in the last one and we had predicted for one thing that there would be a time jump that negan and maggie would leave the show early and they could still do it but it's the last episode so you can't you can't get away from that there's no time jump and you can't say oh there is but it's in the last episode no that doesn't count they leave the show early. But it would be interesting to see if they do play with time in the last episode. In a way, that could be kind of set-up-y, right? So I'm looking forward to the last episode. I'm going to be with all of you, which is the way it should be. I'm ready. I don't know about you guys. I'm ready. I'm not ready for what's coming, but I'm ready to receive it, which is not my usual M.O., my usual MO is like, I know, but it's coming so fast. Why won't it stop? I'm ready. I want to know what comes next. This is different for me. I'm excited to be together for something that's such a big deal. I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to being with you guys and to being in a room full of people who all are feeling the same thing. I just think it's yeah. going to be like a really powerful moment for all of us. It makes me sad, but it's also really cool that's not that's not something that happens super often in your life so it's gonna be the weirdest church i've ever been to <laughs> we're gonna have a confessional booth so we are <laughs> at at that's my at anthony's that's my viewing party so we, we have we have ideas and if you joined our discord by joining a membership tier at ko-fi.com slash squawking dead or patreon.com slash squawking dead you would actually know because we have these open discussions about what we want to do for all these different things. Now, you could just follow us at both of those sites. That would be nice. You would have at least the recording schedules to join us during these discussions. You'd also be in the know for anything that drops our unedited episode recordings. Little questions for those of you who care how this podcast plays out and what we do behind the scenes and what we want to do moving forward. So if you just do that, if you just create a free account and follow us there, it's free to join our recording sessions, but it's the only place that we post our recording schedules. And if you like what you've heard, head over to ratethispodcast.com slash dead. Five stars and an eggplant is all we need to know that you love us. But tell us what you liked. Tell us what you didn't like. Tell us what we missed. But tell us after every episode, and there'll be many episodes to come. With that, everybody, I've been your host, David Cameo, and I was joined by Cosmo Mom 9 Rachel Burt. 
Sharon D, aka Blazy Gardner, and Bridget, ko-fi.com slash punkybrewster. That's P-U-N-K-Y-B-R-U-I-S-E-T-E-R. <sighs> we'll see you really soon live, I hope. I'm looking forward to seeing all your punk asses <laughs> <laughs> at the viewing party. And I'm going to announce it here without consulting any of you. Our episode coverage of The Walking Dead's final episode, period, of the series will be a live stream whereby I will be inviting our Whispers tier members to join us as well on camera and mic. Now, naturally, Survivors tier is first come, first serve. So we'll do that first. But we will be inviting our Whispers tier members to join us as well to help us break this one down. It's going to be probably a long one. It's going to be one that we're not going to edit too much for the audio podcast, but we'll, we're going to have to because we're going to be rowdy and emotional, probably. I'm going to be a wreck. This is the, See, you have to understand something about me and not to keep this going, but I'm fine beforehand. But as the days move past like a, an episode of, of a finale, let's say, of a kind, I get like super, super depressed. <laughs> Because it's I start finally reflecting on the thing that just happened. Hopefully, we will record very soon after the <laughs> series finale so that this host is a lot more lively, so that I can torture the rest of the hosts who feel it immediately like normal human beings. So with that, everybody, Cheerful Dave says <laughs> we'll see you very soon, and hopefully we'll have some great programming for you from the series finale party at That's My Viewing Party. The viewing party that ends will end all viewing parties. Take care, everybody. We'll see you very soon, and uh, I love you. Thank you for listening and watching. Like, subscribe. Thank you so much for making it to the end of this episode, the penultimate episode of The Walking Dead's 11th and final season, titled Family, episode 23. I wanted to actually take a moment to thank all of you for listening in general, for tuning in, whether you just started listening to us or if you've always been listening to us. I'm very, very grateful for you continuing to subscribe, tune in, rate, and help this podcast grow. It really, really means a lot to us, and it helps me become a little bit more vulnerable with you as much as as I was in this episode. I meant everything that I said. I do miss Carol. She was the one who helped start this podcast. She prodded me to work with her to start this thing up. I kind of just picked it up and allowed it to take off. But in the same vein, I wanted to also thank all of you because without you, I wouldn't keep going. I wouldn't have kept going. Your support was a signal initially and continues to be the logs we need to keep this fire, this podcast's fire lit. So I'd like to start off with our survival Survivors tier members at Real Ryan GM on Twitter, at ElisaJones71 on Instagram, and at JonesAJ6 on Twitter, and FanArtLindy, Linda Peck Athens at ko-fi.com slash FanArtLindy. And over on the Whispers tier, I would desperately like to thank at Judith.Morton on Instagram, Aiden Atkin, who you can reach at ko-fi.com slash Aiden Atkin, at Tyler Philip Cox on both Instagram and Twitter, at Sandy.D.Morrison on Facebook, at j 13 Voorhees on Instagram and Twitter, at MRTNYVet on Twitter, and of course, at Jasmine.IAC on Instagram, who was a Survivor's Tier member, but is now, I have to say this again, a Whisperer's Tier member, whom we always love. I'll do this a second time. We love you, Jasmine. Thank you all for listening again, one more time. It means so much to us. And hopefully, we're going to have some really, really cool content for you in the months to come leading up to the next series, which I think will be Fear of the Walking Dead's eighth season, perhaps final, I guess 
guess we're going to find out depending on how well how well it does, if anything. But until then, we're going to be programming a lot of things. We still have to show you footage from or uh, narrate footage from the camp, as well as some more TWD family branches interviews that we have planned for creators in the space, influencers in the Walking Dead universe fandom, whom we want to highlight as huge family members who keep people together, who push out content that people love in the Walking Dead community. So stay tuned, keep listening, rate this podcast at ratethispodcast.com slash squawkingdead, and we'll see you in the next one, folks. Can't wait. Love you very much. Can't say it enough.